don't know if y'all heard about the volcano erupting down there in the Pacific, near Tongo, right there, kind of north, uh, northeast of uh, Australia, but it went off, caused a tsunami, warnings to go out all across the west coast, here in America, there in Japan, and some of those other areas. And the Lord God, uh, Jesus Christ, he said that uh, there'd be uh, sea waves roaring, the, uh, the seas would be roaring, the waves. He warned us about earthquakes in diverse places and stuff. And every time I see there's more and more, uh, more and more volcanoes erupting, more and more earthquakes, I'm just, it just reminds me of what the Lord prophesied would happen. 2,000 years ago, he said, before, before the end comes, that's what you're going to start seeing. And he said, and another thing, he said, you'll see famines and pestilences. Pestilences. I don't know about you, but COVID-19 is a pestilence. It's controlling the world. In every aspect, we see that with our missionaries as we read their prayer letters, how much of an effect COVID-19's had on their lives and the lives of the people around them. And Christ warned us about that, that that was coming. It's just another warning to the world that, get ready. Jesus Christ is coming. Now, I'm ready. I'm ready for Jesus Christ. I pray Jesus Christ will come back. Now, if I say that Jesus Christ is coming back tonight, and I, was, and I don't know if he is or not, but I, if I pray and, and, and glorify God and say, Jesus Christ, I hope he comes back tonight, if that brings fear into your heart, you need to examine yourself. Say, what do I need to do to get right so when Jesus Christ comes back, I'll be looking for him and not running from him. Amen. Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26, look at verse 3. Thou, thou will keep him in perfect, talking about the Lord God, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And I want to focus there on verse 3, to have a mind that is stayed on the Lord. The, who, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the... All right, so I want to preach this morning on verse 3. I want to focus really on verse 3. And verse 3 is, uh, Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. That's what we're looking for in the world. Everybody in this room wants perfect peace. And we need to learn mind control. And that's what I'm going to preach on this morning is mind control. It's mind control. Because that perfect peace comes from having our mind stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to me. And whenever I, I received Jesus Christ, my Lord said I was about 17. I was living for the world. I was living in, I was, I was wicked. I'm not much better now, but at least I know I'm going to heaven. But when I took Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, there was this perfect peace that came over me that I can't describe. And to this day, I can't describe it. It's like this whole weight was lifted off me. This dark cloud that I didn't know was following me, left me. It, this joy swelled up in me. And it's this perfect peace. And it came that I put my mind, I said, I'm going to put my faith, I'm going to put my mind and put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. Amen. Yeah, amen. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Notice it says, it says there in verse 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. It doesn't say you're going to keep, when you put your mind on the Lord, it doesn't say you're keeping yourself in perfect peace. When you put your mind on the Lord, he'll keep you in perfect peace. See, this is his job. Your job is to control your mind. His job is to keep you in peace. 
Your job is to take this mind that goes out of control and to control it and try to keep it on the Lord God. Keep it on the Lord Jesus Christ. The more you learn to trust the Lord, the more your mind will be on Jesus Christ. The more you learn to trust on the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what, whatever bad things happen in your life, no matter if it's uh, financial problems, health problems, uh, family problems, whatever problem you might have, when you start learning to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, say, Lord, I'm going to trust you to get me through this. It's amazing how He'll keep your mind and how He'll keep and give you that perfect peace that passeth all understanding. It does. It passes all understanding. Our strength comes from Him and is, it is everlasting, according to verse 4. Trust you in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So you need to keep your mind on Jesus Christ. You need to use mind control. <laughs> it's mind control. When you allow your mind to stay on the world, you can lose that perfect peace. See, what happens with a Christian and what happens to most people is they keep their mind on the world. They, they get to worrying about this and they get to worrying about that. And the world is really good and Satan's really good about stirring up the fear in your heart. And he wants you to be afraid. He wants you to be fearful. And uh, we, we, we know that the Lord God, it says according to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Through Jesus Christ we have a sound mind. It's, it, it, the sound mind means it's firm. It's not going anywhere. It's, it's where it needs to be. And we have that kind of mind that we're not going to let it wander off. Because you see as a Christian, and the world doesn't understand that when a Christian says it. But when a Christian says stuff like this, the world goes, you're crazy, you're nuts. But see, for a Christian, when a Christian dies, that's just the beginning. When a Christian dies, that's perfect. See, when we pray for healing in this church, we pray for healing because we pray for healing that we want them to be healthy. We want them to live a good quality life. But if they were to pass away, and there's been a lot of people in this church that passed away, what do we think? We know that, hey, they're a lot better off. And we might have prayed for healing, and God says, okay, I'm going to give them healing. I'm giving them perfect healing. I'm going to bring them up here to be in heaven. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears, no more heartache. Beautiful, wonderful heaven. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 14, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Lord Jesus Christ promised every born again believer in this room, he promised them peace. If you don't have peace with the Lord, then you know what you need to do. You need to say, I need to get my mind under control. And I just need to start putting my mind on the Lord. Because whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth thee, thou will give him perfect, perfect peace. You know your mind can play tricks on you. Amen. Optical illusions is a perfect example. Any kind of optical illusion. Uh, Joker was talking this morning. We were talking about that the moon come over that mountain over here, and that moon come over there, and it looked like the side, this huge, this huge thing. Well, the, the science, that's an optical illusion. It's, it's, it's just the way the mountains are making that, that moon look a certain size, and then it gets up in the sky, and it's real small. It's like that's all an optical illusion. That, that's your mind playing tricks on you. And your mind will play tricks on you. Your mind can play tricks on you. In your mind, you can be sicker than you actually are. Your mind can make you sicker than you actually are. Any doctor I've ever been around has always said, hey, you've got to have the right attitude. You've got to have the right attitude. Because if you don't have the right attitude, then you're gonna, it's going to go bad real quick. 
And a patient that has a good attitude, that, that's, good, that's good for them to heal quicker. Why? Your mind is a powerful thing. Your mind is powerful. Your mind can help heal you up. Or your mind can help destroy you. Your mind is dangerous. And it can play tricks on you. Your mind will make you believe that you're right when you're wrong. Amen. Happens all the time to me and my, me, between me and my wife. <laughs> I'll tell her something like, oh, yeah, I know that. And then she'll show me something. Like, oh, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> Your mind will make you believe you know the truth when what you really know is a lie. Yeah, that's what your mind's good for. The smartest, sharpest, most intelligent people on the earth can still get fooled by their mind. Amen, Brother Keegan. And if you had not been around smart, intelligent people, I know you had not been around them if you've been around me, but if you get around them, you'll find out they can get fooled. Let me give you a testimony of Rosaria, Rosaria Butterfield. Rosaria Butterfield was a tenured professor of English at women, in women's studies at Syracuse University. She was raised and educated in, in liberal Catholic settings. Rosaria fell in love with the world of words. She was an English major. In her late 20s, allured by feminist philosophy and LGBT advocacy, she adopted a lesbian identity. Rosaria earned her Ph.D. from Ohio State University, then served in the English Department and Women's Studies Program at Syracuse University from 1992 to 2002. She's not dumb, is what that's saying. Her primary academic field was critical theory, specializing in queer theory. Her historical focus was 19th century literature informed by Freud, Freud, Marx, Darwin. She advised the LGBT student group, wrote Syracuse University's policies for same-sex couples, and actively lobbied for LGBT aims alongside her lesbian partner. And then one day, Jesus Christ came along. And when she was researching the religious right, and it says in here in quotes, and their politics of hatred against people like me, that's what she put, unquote, she wrote an article against the promise keepers. She's like, these promise keepers, they hate, they hate gays and lesbians. They're just a bunch of haters. And their book, their Bible's full of a bunch of hate. And she, she decides she wanted to write an article to show the world how much hate they had. Well, this, this article responded her neighbor, which was a pastor, to come talk to her. And her neighbor says, hey, let me tell you, I want to invite you over to, and have supper with my wife and I. And we want to get to know you. We want you to get to know us. Because I think you don't really understand Christians. And she's like, perfect. This is my perfect way to infiltrate the religious right, find out how they really are, and I'll get to write an article, and I'll use him as my research. And this is all her own words. So she goes over there, and you know what she finds out when she goes to visit over at this pastor's house? They're not demons. They're not monsters. They're actually really friendly. And you know what she said her testimony was? She said, when I would have my friends over and we talk politics, politics there was so much hate and there was so much we just got so stirred up and nobody could let it go she goes we went over i went over there and i talked politics with them and after we're done talking politics they would laugh and say okay pass the biscuits and be smiling she said there was a joy that i didn't have it said that in 1999 that she finally repeatedly began reading the bible she said she read the bible through seven times Trying to figure it out. You know what happened when she did that? She converted to Jesus Christ. She took Jesus Christ, her Lord and Savior. One of the smartest ladies in America. 
head of the lesbian movement. She, she denounced her lesbianism. She come out of that. She took Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Now she, remar- she married a pastor. And she's got a ministry. And you can go online, you can read about Rosaria. She's very, very strong in her beliefs and what she has to say. But the truth is, is you can be as smart as you think. Your mind can be just as smart and sharp as a tack. And it can fool you. And that's what you got to watch out for is your mind. You need to have mind control, brothers and sisters. You need to have mind control. If you're in here this morning you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you need to have mind control. You need to say, you know what? I need to stop letting my mind run away. I need to control my mind and make it search for the truth. Find out what is truth. Little thoughts. Your mind can produce little thoughts uncontrolled can lead to big problems. Little thoughts in your mind... If you let them go, they'll turn into big problems. Little thoughts turn into big problems. <laughs> Little thoughts. The littlest thought can turn into a big problem. If you think back to some of the biggest sins maybe you committed in your life, you can think of some problems you got, maybe some major issues, it always started with this. It always started with a thought. Or maybe it was your friend's thought, and your friend voiced that little bitty thought, and then you, and before long, Every thought should be filtered through the biblical truth of the Bible. Every thought you have should be filtered through the biblical truth of the Bible. Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this healthy? Is this sinful? What would Jesus Christ think about this? Every thought. Every thought. I was reading the story about over in uh, Manila. They had a cholera outbreak. And what was happening is when it was rainy season, they had sewer, open sewer pipes and stuff, and the flies and the cockroaches would get on that, and they, would, they were spreading cholera all over. So the mayor, the mayor of Manila put out a bounty on flies and cockroaches. And he said, for every, let's see, let me, let me read this and make sure I got it. For every ten flies, I'll give you four cents, and for every ten cockroaches, I'll give you six cents. So they had poor people bringing in bags of cockroaches. See, that's the kind of government job I'd have. I'd have the government job. I had to count the cockroaches when they got brought in. But it was little things. Guys, I'm here to tell you this morning that you need those little thoughts. You need to grab them. And you need to control them. And you need to keep your mind on Jesus Christ. You need to learn mind control. Because your mind will lead you away somewhere you never thought you'd ever go. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 tells us, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So anytime, anytime you have a co- thought, you need to grab it, you need to capture it like they were catching those little cockroaches and those little flies. You need to capture it, put it in, and say, No, I'm not going to let you go there. You're not going to go there. And that's what your mind will do to you. Your mind will destroy you. Your mind will destroy you. But if you keep your mind on Jesus Christ, you'll have perfect peace. See that verse 3? That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. That's one thing you'll notice about the world. They don't have peace. They don't have peace. They for sure don't have perfect peace. But it's amazing to me to run into Christians that have perfect peace. In whatever condition they're in, they'll have perfect peace. I've told this story a hundred times, but when we were visiting a dear Christian friend of ours, they got thrown in prison. She wasn't a Christian. She got thrown in prison. She got saved. I would go visit her. 
And I remember being in the waiting room, there's all kinds of people and they're all sad and had, you know, they looked like they're ready to rob you, beat you up. And we'd finally go into the visitors where they had the glass wall and they had them on the other side of the glass with the phones. And we'd go in there and I remember looking around and I remember I'd get up there to see her and I'd pick up the phone and she had the biggest smile and glow on her face. And I told her one time, I said, you know what, you're happier on the other side of this glass in prison than all these people on this other side right here. And what's the difference? Jesus Jesus. Jesus. Let me finally let me point out before we move on one other thing. If you don't, listen to me. If you listen to anything this morning, listen to this. If you don't control your mind, somebody else will. If you don't control your mind, somebody else will. goes back to what we know to be the truth. If you don't raise your kids and teach them the truth, somebody else will raise your kids and tell them what they think is the truth. Somebody's going to do it. And if you don't control your mind, someone else will. I was reading this story of a man over in Hong Kong that was walking near a firing range, and he, find, he found a 66-millimeter anti-tank rocket live. A live round. He took it home. He cleaned it up. <laughs> and he put it on top of his TV. And they were, they were, over in Hong Kong, they were doing some investigating of some robberies. So they got a search warrant for some other property around him. And they had to go into his house. And they said that when they walked, opened up that door and they seen that, that live round on top of that TV, they had to evacuate all this area, big old area. This guy had no idea what he had in it. He's sitting right there on top of the TV. Can I say, can I say that your TV has got that inside it? And we think, that guy's crazy to have that on top of his TV. See, what's inside that TV is more dangerous to you than what was on top of that TV. It'll brainwash you. And it's brainwashed our youth. The TV, the internet, the government. They're brainwashing people. People who can't think for themselves. You got to wear a mask. Well, aren't you wearing a mask? Yeah, but you got to wear one too. Well, why? Because I want to be protected. Well, you're wearing a mask, aren't you? Yeah, then why do I have to wear a mask? Because it protects me. Why does it protect you? You already got one on. Why do I need to wear one? We get, that argument was lost a long time ago. They gave up on that a long time ago. Oh, go get vaccinated so you won't get sick. Okay, go get vaccinated. Praise God, go get vaccinated. Well, you need to get vaccinated too. Why? Why do I need to get vaccinated? Well, because it hurts me. How's me not being vaccinated hurting you? You need to get vaccinated. Because it helps me. How's it help you? You go get vaccinated. There's nothing wrong with getting vaccinated, but you go do what you want to do. Leave me alone. Why, why does it matter? Well, it helps me. Long time ago, we lost that argument. Now we have more cases of COVID than ever. And we have more people vaccinated than ever. Let me think about that. For, did I, what did I just say? What did I just say? Oh, that's right. Islam is a peaceful religion. What was that Muslim doing in that Jewish synagogue yesterday trying to kill everybody, held the hostages? They finally got the hostages out and shot that guy and killed him. But Islam's a peaceful religion. Guys, take that TV and turn it off and think. <laughs> Use that mind God gave you. Romans 12, 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
The Lord God through the Holy Spirit will renew your mind. He'll help you. He renewed, Ros he renewed Rosaria's mind. She was so deep into that culture. She was so deep into that. And when Christ came in and saved her and, got, and, and, and she was born again and the Holy Spirit came in and dwelled in her, her mind renewed. And now it's amazing to hear her testimony and what she has to say. And she says, the problem in the churches today is the preachers aren't preaching against homosexuality. This is an ex-lesbian. They need to preach against it. You know what she said? She said, because a guy asked her his interview, he said, well, what do you say to those pastors that are afraid to do it? You know, this is what she said. If you're a pastor and you're pray, afraid to preach the Bible, then maybe you need to go sell insurance. That woman has more guts than half the pastors I know. She's saying, get out of here. We need preachers to preach. What she means is, and what she wants you to know is simply this. You need to know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And the world's not giving you the truth. And she went through all the universities and she went all that. And she knows the truth is not there. This is the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ. And you'll find it in here. When she read the Bible through seven times, she realized Jesus Christ is true. Jesus Christ is true. So let me close out by saying this. How do you keep your mind under control? So I went on and ranted and raved and talked about how we lose our mind. Our mind is against us. You say, okay, pastor, I understand all that, but that's a hard thing to do. I've heard a psychologist tell me, Keegan, what you do is you take the bad thoughts and you squeeze them out and then you squeeze in the good thoughts. Well, it just don't work that way for me. <laughs> I just don't understand that kind of philosophy. But the Bible is going to give us some ideas of how to control our mind. And that's what I want to close out tonight, uh, this morning. I want to close out by giving you some advice from Scripture, how to use mind control. Turn to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16. And I'll give you the first one. Proverbs 16. And we'll go, go, we'll go through these quickly. And I hope if you, if you have time, you can write them down and read them and study them yourself. But these will help you to have mind control. You know, we go out, guys, we go out. Now, I know you guys. I know most of you guys really well. Y'all go out. Y'all get your guns. I've been out there with some of y'all. And y'all get the target set up. Y'all set about 100 yards away. And y'all get that gun. And you're firing that gun. And you're trying to learn gun control because you want that bullet to go where you want it to go. And you get that golf club and you get that golf ball. And you're practicing your swing because you want it to, that golf ball to go where you want it to go. And that's what we need to do with our mind. We want to teach our mind, hey, I don't want you going over there. I want you to stay on Jesus Christ. When my mind starts wandering off on the fear, starts wandering off on things it shouldn't wander off into, I need to take it and say, no, 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 we don't do that. We're going to stay on Jesus Christ. Look at Proverbs 16.3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. It's pretty simple, uh, pretty simple philosophy. Just keep your mind on Jesus Christ and everything will work out. He'll keep your thoughts. You keep your mind on Christ and He'll keep your thoughts. Stay busy for Christ and He'll keep your mind on Christ. It's, kind of, it's, real simple, it's a real simple idea. Whatever you're working on, whatever you're working on, your mind's going to be on that work. Therefore, your mind's, don't have, your mind's not going to have time to go over here and focus on things it shouldn't focus on. Idle hands. Idle hands. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. What happens is our minds get idle. We're sitting around. Maybe, we have them, maybe we're watching TV and we're trying to just tune it out and our mind's just wandering around. That's when that thought starts. 
or you got time to think. When you're busy for the Lord and you're working for the Lord, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Thy thoughts shall be established. Back in Isaiah 26, 12, the Bible, back in those verses there, in verse 12, he said, Lord, thou will ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. Verse 12 says, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. I don't have time this morning in this sermon to go into this, but here's the great truth is, when we're working for Christ, it's not us working, it's Christ working through us through the Holy Spirit. So when you say, well, I just need to keep my, my, commit my works unto the Lord, yeah, let the Lord work through you. It's amazing how your mind will be stayed on Christ. And why do we want our mind stayed on Christ? We want our mind to stay on Christ so we'll have that perfect peace. That's what everybody wants. Look at Lamentations chapter 3. Let me give you another one of these. Jeremiah. If you can find Jeremiah, right after the book of Jeremiah is Lamentations. Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations. Look at Jeremiah chapter 3. We'll look at verse, verse 21. So first bit of advice the Bible gives you, commit your works to the Lord. Work for the Lord. Go to church. Try to stay in church. Try to do those things for the Lord. If you commit your works to the Lord, it'll be amazing how your mind will, you'll be able to keep your mind on Christ. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. We need to do a total recall. Do a total recall. The second bit of advice the Bible gives us is do a total recall. Look at verse 21 of Lamentations chapter 3. This, Jeremiah says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. He said, I'm recalling this. I'm remembering it. I'm bringing this back to my mind. What is that? Verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. You need to remember, when your mind starts wandering off, you say, you know, I need to remember, hey, the Lord's compassions, they fail not. When I've done something I shouldn't do and I have failed the test and I have allowed my mind to wander off, get that mind under control because see, the Lord's not going to cast you out. His, his compassions fail not. Look at verse 23. They are new every morning. Great, great is thy faithfulness. Not our faithfulness. We're not that faithful, amen. But great is God's faithfulness to you. And remember that. You need to do a, do a total recall on your mind and say, you know, I need to recall this stuff. I need to recall this stuff and remember, hey, if I, I need to remember how good the Lord is and how much He loves me. And it push out. When, you, when your mind starts working on those negative thoughts, you need to push those out and remember the Lord's compassions and the Lord's grace. Because the devil will tell you, oh, the Lord won't forgive you. The Lord can't take you. You've done too much. You're this kind of sinner. The Lord, the Lord works with every sinner. One of the most beautiful verses in the Bible says, The Lord Jesus Christ was a friend of sinners. Amen. I'm a sinner. But the Lord says, I'll be your friend. If you're in here this morning and you're a sinner and you can admit you're a sinner, Jesus Christ says, I'll be your friend. The world will want to stone you. The world will want to throw away the key, lock you up and throw away the key. The world will want to disown you. Your family might disown you. I've had some family disown me. There's all kinds of things that will happen in the world, but the Lord will never forsake you, never leave you. Look at Philippians chapter 4. And we're closing up. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Verses 6 and 7. So you need to commit your works to the Lord. You need to do a total recall. Remember what the Lord's done for you. Guys, we're talking about mind control. How can I keep my mind under control? 
So I can have that perfect peace that passeth all understanding. That's what I want y'all to have this morning. Verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Careful for nothing means full of care for nothing. Don't worry about it. He said, don't worry about it. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Just pray about it. Be thankful. Be thankful for what you have. Make your prayers to God. Make your requests known to God. Just, just, just talk to the Lord with thanksgiving. What will happen if you do that? If you care, if you just don't worry about it and give it over to the Lord Jesus Christ and pray to Him and say, Lord, I don't know what's, why this is happening in my life, but Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to keep my mind on you. Verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Man, I've been in a state of depression in my life. I don't want to go into too many details because you've heard it so much, but I've been in a state of depression in my life that I've had uh, friends of mine come by and they're like, come on, Keegan, we're going to go out. We're going to go out. I don't want to go nowhere. I, 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 just, I, I just want to sit here and die. I just want to 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 die. I'm depressed. I, I don't, I'm so unhappy. And you could have took me and you could have took me and put me on the other side of the world, put me on Japan, put me anywhere you could imagine, put me in the most beautiful place in the world, and I still would have been depressed and down. That's how powerful our minds are. They'll work on you. Your mind will turn on you. Your mind will, will, will destroy you. And if it wasn't for the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ coming in and working on me, I wouldn't be here. Because I laid in bed thinking, I want to die. I just want to hold my breath and die. I just want to 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 die. I don't want to live. I don't want to live. And your mind will just work on you and work on you and work on you. And it took me crying out to God, said, Lord, God, please help me. And it says, in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. And to wake up and go, everything's going to be okay. And what we find out in Romans 12, too, is the renewing of your mind. This comes in and he just gives you this peace. Guys, we're living in a time, we've had, never had more suicides. We're living in a time we had never had more people sad and depressed. It's not their fault. It's, they need Jesus Christ. And we need to tell them about Jesus Christ. We need to know, hey, if you'll just go to the Lord and pray to Jesus Christ and get to know Jesus Christ, He'll give you that peace that passeth all understanding. He shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. It's His work. It's not your work. It's Him doing it. Finally, the... Uh, Finally, the last piece of advice I'll give you is found in verse 8. Same chapter, chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, thank on these things. That's Peter, piece of advice the Bible gives us is to think on the good things of life. Yeah. You know, as, as wicked as the world is, as bad as this world can get, there's some good things in life. Amen? Hey, some of y'all got to go hunting this morning. Some of y'all got to go hunting yesterday. And sometimes that's the best part of life, just getting to sit out there in a the deer blind, watching the deer go by, 
Of course, yesterday, if you were doing that, probably was going about 40 miles an hour. There goes one. <laughs> Pull. <laughs> I think everything, everything in brown was blown over, you know. But there's some good things in life, guys. When I see one of these little kids come in the back door, you know, hi. Man, that just, my heart just swells up, and that's a good thing in life. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Brother Tyler, I, I remember baptizing him. He was about 10 years old, Brother Tyler. He went off. He's a grown man now, has kids, has his wife, all that, living on Comanche. One day he comes walking through that door a couple of weeks ago. What do you think that did for my heart? He came in that back door and had a big old smile on his face. Those are good things, man. Those are good things. There's some good things, guys. I don't know what that is. Everybody in this room has got that good thing. There's some good things. Think on that. Think on that. Whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. To me, a lot of that speaks to children. speaks to kids. speaks to just being around the innocency. To me, it speaks to being on the beach. Maybe it's you being off in the woods by yourself, walking and enjoying God's creation. Whatever that is, there's good things God's given us to enjoy. Think on these things and keep your mind on the Lord is, is, is the Lord true I am the way the truth and life he's true is the Lord honest I've never found him to be a liar is the Lord just yes is the Lord pure he's pure as a driven snow is the Lord lovely he's more lovely than anybody you'll ever know is the Lord of a good report yes everybody who knows him tells you he's good is the Lord got virtue? Yes. Is the Lord something to praise? Yes. Thank, thank, thank on these things. When I think about Jesus Christ, you know what I think? We got the best thing going. And I know my, I know my life before Jesus Christ, and I know my life after Jesus Christ, and I'm telling you what, the best thing that happened in my life is Jesus Christ. We're about to give an invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, this is what you need to know. You need to realize you're a sinner. That should be pretty easy, right? I mean, I'm up here. I'm a Baptist preacher, and I'm here to tell you I'm a sinner. I do things I shouldn't do. I'm not trying to make you confess a murder or something like that, but we all are sinners. We've all lied. There's all things we've done. We're sinners. Now, if you can admit you're a sinner, and you can believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin walked on this earth, was crucified for your sins on the cross, was buried and rose again on the third day, and is alive. Rose again, alive. If you can believe in those things, knowing that when you're about to pray and ask Him to save you, that He's a risen Savior, He's listening to you. Jesus Christ has listened to everything I'm talking about this morning. You know the Bible says, Jesus Christ says, well, there's more, two or three or more together, I'll be with you. You know the Lord Jesus Christ is in here this morning? Let me go so far as to say this. You know that Jesus Christ, he didn't, come down to find the, he didn't come down to find the righteous. He came down to find the lost. You know this book from the very beginning is not about, it's not about the found sheep. It's about the one lost sheep. So I'm here to tell you if Jesus Christ is in here this morning, I believe with all my heart he is. He's listening to everything I say. If you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you know who he's standing behind? He's not standing behind me right now. He's standing behind you. And he's got his hands on your shoulder. And he's saying, I love you. And I died for you. And I want you to have a wonderful life. And I want to give you an abundant life. I want, you to give you, I want to give you something you'll never could imagine. But you've got to come to me and allow me.
Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will, let, will, will open the door and let me in, I'll come in and sup with him. He with me. See, the one thing I know about Jesus Christ is he's a gentleman. He's not going to just come busting in this door of your heart. He's going to ask you, can I come in? He's going to knock. And this morning is an opportunity to say, Lord, I went all my life. I've lived, I tried to live my life. It's not where I want it to be. Lord, I think I'm going to give you a chance. And I'm going to let you on in. I'm here to tell you, if you do that, it'll be the best decision you ever made in your life. He'll save you. And you'll have eternal life. And you'll know why I'm smiling this morning. Because Jesus Christ is just that good. He's just that good. He's wonderful. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, has come to you humbly in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would uh, move your Holy Spirit around here, Lord God, and speak to these people's heart the truth. Lord God, if there's somebody beneath my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, can't think of a time that they put their faith in you. Lord, that as we give this invitation, they'll come on down the aisle, Lord God, and they'll get saved. Lord, I know you love them, Lord. I know you died for them, Lord, but uh, let them help, help them to understand that, Lord God. And Lord, this isn't something that they need to change something in their life before they come down. Lord, they don't need to stop doing this or stop doing that. Lord, they need to realize that all they need, Lord God, is to come just the way they are. And you'll take them, Lord God. And you'll help them. And you'll save them. And you'll love on them, Lord, like the love they've never known before. And I thank you for that love, Lord. And I thank you for your grace. And I thank you, Lord, for keeping my mind, Lord God. I need it, Lord, because my mind is dangerous. It gets out of control, Lord. Help me, Lord, to control it. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Let's have an invitation. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now it's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. 
You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.